This is Strength Agenda Radio, the podcast where the strong go to get smarter. Each episode features some of the most interesting athletes and coaches in the strength world, sharing their favorite stories, expertise, biggest mistakes, and training tips. And now, here's your host, Tom Soroka. Here we go with episode 23 of Strength Agenda Radio featuring badass powerlifter, moss wrestler, licensed massage therapist slash body worker, and my good friend Janelle Vector. Today's top of the show question is a great universal question that can address just about every strength sport. So here it is. Hey Tom, I'm having trouble with my lifts as of late, the snatch in particular. I can catch weights pretty high. But once I start to squat down, the weight I can lift becomes significantly less. I'm thinking I need to keep the weight light for a while and just focus on my technique. What are your thoughts? First off, this is a great, great question that I know a ton of the listeners and followers deal with on a far too frequent basis, but they might not be willing to admit that it's an issue. Some folks simply lack the flexibility or the mobility to get in the proper positions. Other lack the timing and the experience to make their bodies move the way they want them to move. And others are just too dang proud to set their ego aside and focus on what will make them better in the long run. If you fall into any of these three categories, then this is for you. So here's my take on the whole thing. I have a few lifters who've come through the gym from time to time and have had these same issues. And they usually fall into one of these three groups or a combination of these groups. And, you know, it it applies to all of them. There's very few outliers in this circumstance. So each one of these situations needs to be treated differently. For the mobility and flexibility issue, you know, if, if that cannot be... Uh, addressed through stretches and exercises, then you should be addressing it throughout the entire training session. One thing I learned when I was coached by Glenn Penley and Rudy Nielsen is that there is not a better movement to help teach you the proper positions and how to properly move than those movements you're trying to get better at. What they were just trying to say is if the bottom position of the snatch is your issue, then avoiding snatches altogether in lieu of snatch balances and overhead squats is not the answer. While those things may help carry over to better positions and shore up weaknesses, they cannot replace the movement entirely. So teaching the body to properly move is your issue, then practice makes perfect. Use variations and varying loads and get those reps in. Now, if telling your body what to do is the trick, you have the ability to do so, but the body sometimes just says F you, well then see the answer up above because that applies even more. Skip the assistance in the variation movements and just practice the skill you are trying to acquire until it becomes second nature. I keep using the snatch as an example because, well, I'm a weightlifting coach, so deal with it. But if a lifter doesn't drop to the bottom, I tell them to catch it where they want and then ride it the rest of the way down. It seems like a simple enough answer, but after a few weeks, sometimes months for the more stubborn bodies, it sinks in and they just drop one day into the bottom of the catch and Katy Perry's fireworks plays on in the background. The third group, the ego. Ah, yes, I've seen this one too. The stronger lifter who refuses to squat down and they look at you and say, I'll drop when I need to. Well, guess what? It never works out that way. You know, whether they think it's going to just magically happen or not, it usually never does. A lot of times, these athletes don't stick with the program because, number one, they don't have the patience to let proper positions develop, or two, their progress will stall as a result of their technique holding them back and they blame everything else except the actual problem. With these athletes, all you can really do is just keep reminding them of the long-term progress and that success you know, is, is a marathon, not a sprint, and that focusing on the right things, what it will do for their result, and hope it just sticks at some point and they start listening. My point is this. When it comes to better movement versus more weight and which the focus should be held on, why can't the answer be both? You can still make good progress focusing on better movement while incrementally pushing the weight up and up. So next time you're in the gym staring down the barrel of a highly technical movement, remember you can have your cake and eat it too if you're being smart about it. Now give me two claps and Ric Flair and let's get to the show. Welcome to Strength Agenda Radio. Uh, my guest today is probably, I don't know the best way to describe this, but she's very tiny, but she's very powerful. Um, she has probably pretty much done every strength sport there is to do and takes to every one of them like a pig in mud. Um, and she's very accomplished both in the athletic fields and outside of the athletic fields. My guest today is Janelle Vector, right? I say that right? Vector, no, close Vector, enough. Vector. Janelle, what's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Um... 
obviously we just got we just had done training doing some drills for uh, Highland Games because that's still something I'm trying to catch on to. But uh, obviously it's a new love of mine. But we'll, yeah, we'll we'll give you a break. It's only like your fourth or fifth sport that you've tried <laughs> tackling in the last year. So. <laughs> Um, so Janelle, uh, for the people who don't know, and if people don't know who you are, that's their problem. Um, I first started following you, um, when you were like knee deep in the powerlifting stuff, you had trained, um, around the same areas that I was when I was out at a rural university in college and living out in Plainfield, you were out there training in that area at a couple different gyms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then I started following you on Instagram a little bit and, uh, you started diving into, you're kind of coming at the tail end. You started working with Shane Sweat a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, CrossFit Conjugate or Sweatshop out there. CrossFit Conjugate is one of his other gyms. Um, and then I got introduced to you through Molly Haas. She reached out to me and said, hey, there's this girl. She wants to try Moss Wrestling. She's close to you. Can you work with her kind of a deal? And you showed up here in, I think it was like December or January. Something like that. And we worked, we worked some high. I worked we, once. And then I had once, my competition. And then you had the competition. Yeah. <laughs> so just give people a little bit of background. Like what sports did you do in high school, you know, college, stuff okay. like that. Like your career that you're, 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 you're knee deep in. And just talk about some of your accomplishments because you've got quite – the extensive list of accomplishments in my in my opinion yeah um i I keep myself preoccupied if you if you will um it's not that i get bored easily but i just like challenging myself and pushing myself so in high school i was a sprinter um i did like 100 and 200 meters Mm -hmm. and then uh, relays and all that i did not like 400 and above (laughs) oh god no no (laughs) it's uh that's too much cardio for me i like getting it done and celebrating so um I was on varsity for that, uh, which was shocking because I'm I am five one. I was short, so you are tiny. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was a sprinter in high school. I, I started out as a sprinter because the football team was required to do something. Mm-hmm. It was either wrestling or track. Mm-hmm. Those were your two sports. And I started out. I'm like, I need to get faster. Um, so I was sprinting, and it was just one day I was running around. I was getting yelled at because I wasn't doing well in practice, and I saw the throwers, <laughs> and I was like, Can I give this a shot? And the one coach is like, You can be my best guy. Like you can throw. I'm like, all right, done. <laughs> threw like, uh, I threw like a couple feet further than yeah. the guy, and I'm like, I'm throwing. Sprint coaches were like, whatever. Like they did not care. And then every once in a while, like my sophomore year, I would do like, at conference. I did the four by one. And yeah. I did the four by two. They asked me to do the four by four, and I politely declined. And as I got older, uh, like junior, senior, I got heavier, and the sprints kind of yeah. dwindled from there. Then, then yeah. it became Fat Man Relays, where the yeah. throwers run around. Like, yeah. The various ones where they, like, they'll eat a banana, or they have to finish the banana. Like, every, every leg's got to finish a banana, or you got to run with a shot put and not drop it on your, your partner yeah. as you're handing See, it off. And those honestly. are the sports I like. Yeah, right? Exactly. So that, that, that's my only thing. But you were probably way better at sprinting than I was. Well, up to the point, um, and then... I mean, with obviously with high school, but I actually ended up getting stress fractures in my foot, oh, and uh, it was one of those things that like I pushed through the season as much as I could, yeah. and it was if I took my my uh, spikes off, I couldn't put my shoe back on, like that type of thing. My foot would swell up. Ugh. Yeah, so Gross. I went through that. Um, eventually, I got out of that. I did about a year and a half, almost two years of boxing, um, and my coach was a. Uh, Former Golden Gloves, um, Amanda Reister was her name at the time, um, and uh, she wanted me to compete, but I kind of saw how women tend to be in the ring, so <laughs> I decided against it, and I actually sparred with more guys than I did did girls, so... Um, you mean a life of getting your face repeatedly punched, which wasn't for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I decided against that, especially when my mom saw me come home with a black eye. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, it's okay, I'm fine. It was kind of like football practice, like you know, when I was in like Pee Wee football. Like the kids didn't know how to hit, and I'd show up to school with bruises all up and down my arms, and the teachers are like, "Are you okay? Wink if you're not." And I'm like, "What?" Like I thought my dad was like beating the crap out of me. I'm like, "No, I just had football practice yesterday." I can imagine boxing's a little bit higher a little on, that, on, yeah. on that on that alarm rate. You're like, "Oh, that girl has a black eye." Yeah. Somebody follow her home, please. <laughs> she she should be okay, but. Yeah. No, actually, after boxing, what's funny is I went from uh, sprinting in high school to long distance running, and I did um, the Chicago Marathon twice. What? I've done multiple half marathons. I've done obstacle course races. I did like the men's health urban athlon, that 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 type of thing. That was wrong like, with you. I. <laughs> well, that lasted for a couple years, and then I oh, decided. Okay. I don't know if we be friends anymore. No. Well. <laughs> 
You're going to have to live with me since we're on the same Moss Wrestling team. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Um, Thanks, Chad. Yeah, right. Anyways. And then uh, from marathon running and all that, I ended up doing figure competitions for another like couple years. Yeah. And I ended up placing... Um, I wasn't like the greatest in that, mainly because I loved heavy lifting and I eventually got sick of uh, dieting. But I did manage to get to... Um, Junior Nationals, my third nice. show. Nice. Yeah, so. I feel like dieting is the downfall of everybody that tries bodybuilding. Mm. They're like, you know what? Like, the lifting part was cool. Yeah. And the tan was cool. <laughs> but that, like, not eating thing, like, I, I'm not about that life. You like, know, yeah, and it's it's interesting because obviously over the course of time, my physique has changed and a lot yeah. of people ask, actually ask me if I'm going to step back on stage. And I'm like, if I do, I need to hire someone that is, like, worth my time and money because if I put in that monetary investment, oh, then yeah. I will follow through with it because I know I don't want to screw them over right, or right, myself right, over. Right, so right. it would be kind of like a show that of account- stars. accountability. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I still follow a lot of people um, that are in that, one of the that guys, arena. One of the guys we had on the last season, Justin Metz, he just got into a uh, 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 figure. No, not uh, physique. Men, men, yeah. Men's physique. Sorry, men's physique. And uh, he was kind of explaining to me the differences that were the way the bodybuilding is going now and all yeah. that stuff. And that's really interesting. It's controversial, um, how it's, too. It was very controversial. Like, they're pretty much getting away from the cartoon character-looking yeah. guys and the the more normal, if yeah. that's what you want to refer we to. We're kind of going back to the old Arnold yeah, Arnold well, that's what they said. There's classic physique and there's physique. And yeah. the classic physique is more the guys that were back in, like, Arnold and Franco yeah. Columbo's day. Yeah. And I find that kind of interesting that yeah. it's kind of come back around it, it full goes circle. It goes in circles, for sure. You, I, I mean, when I would start paying attention to bodybuilding, like, Jake, like Jay Cutler and uh, uh, Warren Branch yeah. were, like, two of the big guys. And they just – I remember meeting Phil Heath before he won the Olympia. Yeah. It was, like, two years before he won. Yeah. And I remember him telling me he had to go and buy, if he found a pair of pants he liked, he had to buy two pairs of them because he would take them to a seamstress and he would have to have the inseam cut and then material from the second pair that he bought (laughs) sewed to the inside of his pants. And I'm like, what about this is fun? (laughs) Like, that sounds horrible. Like, that sounds like the biggest pain in the butt. Like, hey, honey, we have a wedding this weekend. Okay, I need to go find two pairs of pants. Like, like, and, and, and that match, you know? Like, it's not like, right. what happens if you get a, a shade of gray that is off from the other one? Like, I was just like, oh, man. That all yeah. just kind of come from the 70s. Yeah, like, right, yeah, yeah, works. exactly. Like the elbow patches and yeah. stuff. And but, yeah, it was just, it was one of those things, like, just listening to him talk about how it's kind of come back around it's full crazy. circle to where it used to be. It, it's cool. Yeah, it um, is. I, I think the only reason why I'm kind of staying back, I like, uh, like what I'm doing with powerlifting now, I'm just kind of stepping back. I'm watching everything everything unfold mm-hmm. because, like you said, everything kind of goes in circles. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's almost like yeah, but I mean, powerlifting's making a raw comeback now. Like when yeah. I first started paying attention to powerlifting, it was gear, 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 and it yeah. turned into an arms race yeah. to who had the better gear. Uh-huh. And now it's like it's more impressive. It's like no belt, no wraps, yeah. no this, no that. There's like, freaks coming out of here. Yeah, oh, so. yeah, exactly. When you got yeah. guys like you know Ray Williams, you know burying. And it's not even like the depth is questionable on his squats. No, yeah. He is burying a thousand yeah. pounds and standing right up with it. And it's like, you're you're And then you have like Yuri Belkin pulling over nine belt lifts. Yes, and yeah, yeah. It's just, oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, the human body is incredible. And obviously, in this day and age, people are proving that. So then what next? You have bodybuilding, then powerlifting? Uh, yeah, I did powerlifting. So talk about your powerlifting. Because like I said, I think that's, if, any, if people know who you are, I think that's right now yeah. what you're most known for. Yeah. People definitely got to know me through that. Um, I picked up my sponsorships with Eight Man Strong, and that boosted the, you know, people yeah, knowing yeah, me more. Yeah. Um, and then I also have CaptainJack.com sponsoring me, which is like a distributing company for uh, very cool Magnum and um, Granite Supplements and all that. So yeah, um, so I've been fortunate with that. But powerlifting was definitely like it became my passion pretty quick because I always loved heavy lifting and mm-hmm. even when I was you know dieting even when I was marathon running I was still my crazy ass would run to the gym lift heavy and then run back home of course you did of course I could not I couldn't tell you how I do, did that now I would never do it again but yeah we just um, did a 20 that's... minute thing with sandbags and you were like pouting the whole time <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, to hear that you ran marathons, I'm like, there's no way. But I always tell you, and I've told everybody oh, that did, I've ever do. trained with that I, I complain the entire the first, time. The first time I met you, I was like, hi, I gave you a hug. I'm like, hi, how you doing? You're like, I'm going to complain while we work out. I'm like, <laughs> okay. But I do the work. Oh, so you do. people Absolutely. allow me Absolutely. to yeah. complain. Yeah. If you're one of those, it just makes it entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Just. <laughs> comedic relief that's what you need but yeah so powerlifting definitely took off so i started out in like the 132 weight class and um i was training under uh ernie lillybridge senior which um him and his boys were known as the strongest family in the world and i am forever grateful for his coaching because that obviously uh got me to a large extent to where i am today yeah absolutely i uh ended up setting all-time world records for the squat and the total um, at 132. No, was that geared? No, that was raw. So okay. for the squad, it was 457. And I think the total ended up being like 1113 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's like 1108, 1113, one of those. I can't remember. Um, I was pulling over fours, benching in the twos, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, I just... It was just nonstop competitions for me. And eventually I started, you know, you burn out eventually. If oh, you're, so long as you're competing, you if you're not keeping track of your body, you burn out yeah, faster. Yeah. You're, it's not even likelihood of injury. It's just burning out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, due to life, I ended up taking a step back from powerlifting. And um, I eventually got back into it. But that was after I kind of took some time to myself. Yeah, I, yeah. I got out of, like, I always tell this little bits of story just so people can understand that like you have to take time for yourself. I was getting out of a toxic relationship. Yeah. Um, and I just needed to find myself. Why was I doing powerlifting? Why was I doing strength sports and right. in general? And a lot of people, uh, ended up, you know, I, I watched people turn to social media for their validation. I didn't want to do that. Right. 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 Um, so I did a lot of like, uh, traveling by myself. I did the whole dating yourself thing where yeah. I took myself out on dates. Like I, and it was ridiculous because when you put yourself in that situation where you're wrapped up in relationships or mm-hmm. whatever, and you don't even know like the certain types of food that you liked because you were so wrapped up in them. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, I didn't it, think of that. That type of manipulation and and you know, it's like it brings you down. That you know, when I tell people like when I set the world record, I almost never celebrated it because I was in such a dark period of my life. Yeah, but. You know, I look back at it, it's like, yeah, that's that's one thing I did. But right. look at everything else I've done, right, too. Right. So, you know, I don't look at setting the world record as this is who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's interesting how that mentality plays out. Like, this isn't exactly the same. Um, but in 2013, when I won the American Open, mm-hmm. um, we were I was at MDUSA. And it was such a charged atmosphere where there were just expectations yeah. upon expectations placed on you. And it was, I remember it was a very similar feeling. Like, yes, I was pumped that I won the American Open, yeah. but it was very short-lived yeah. because then I was just like, I now have to make a Pan Am team. Yeah. And like, every, like it was just, it was just, there wasn't that time to sit back and yeah. reflect and be like, good job. Like, yeah. pat yourself on the back, enjoy yeah. it a little bit. Like you were yeah. saying, like you just, you were in such a mental state that like for crying out loud, you set a freaking world record. Right. And you were just kind of like. Yeah, yeah like, it was just <laughs> and, one of those and things. And people like, call it being humble, but at the time it was just because I was in a dark place. Yeah, it was, it was more just out of sight, out of mind yeah. kind of thing for you. Like you just, it wasn't, it wasn't the 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 the, the end goal. It wasn't yeah. the highest. Like it wasn't a highlight. Yeah, for you. it was oh, just yeah, another absolutely. another step in a direction that you were heading, and that's. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I definitely see a lot more of. I mean, I know I went through that for the longest time, was just constantly trying to yeah. prove somebody or yeah. something wrong. Yeah. And it becomes, like, I, the best way I described it on one of the other episodes is quicksand. Like, it just, just mm. doesn't matter how hard you fight. Like, you're just going to keep sinking and mm. sinking and sinking. And so mm-hmm. finally, I was just like, I don't care what you think. Yeah. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care if you think what I do is good enough. I'm doing what I want now. And yeah. if you don't like it, like there's the door, hit the unfollow button, yeah. hit the block button. I don't care. Right. Like, it's, it's fine. Like, yeah. And, and, I, and that's, that's a trap that social media, I think, um, mm. really, uh, preys upon. Oh it's yeah. There, you just, you can total, like I can see it now going through people's profiles. You can mm. see the people who are totally doing something just to get the likes, oh, just yeah. to get the clicks, just yeah. the, Whatever. Like yeah. I had one one of my buddies messaged me the other day. He goes, Your Instagram feed is the most random thing ever. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, I know. 
that, 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 there's the reason have for that. Have you met like, me? You know, like, have you met me? Like, I, my, my brain goes a mile a minute. Like, I laugh at something. I, like, my wife, 90% of the stuff that I post that's really funny, my wife sends to me because she knows I'm going to laugh. And, like, we'll be sitting in the same, like, we'll be sitting in our house. We'll be in different rooms. And she'll text it to me. And she'll hear me laughing from the other room. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to post that. Like, it's just funny. Like, yeah. and, and, and then, like, I'll post some lifting stuff. Like, people don't care what I lift. I do it more just for the kind of accountability stuff like I am still yeah, doing absolutely. something and yeah. I also like I'm, I'm a big believer in the you know you know practice what I preach like I'm okay. never gonna like expect my lifters to do stuff if I'm not willing to do the same you know yeah. have the same amount of sacrifice same amount of dedication and stuff like that. so I just got to be doing something yeah so powerlifting seven world records took a step away from that yeah and now where, where'd you go from there um, I, the last time I competed was last year and that's when, um, I was under Shane Sweat. Yeah. Um, which you still kind of are. Uh, yeah, right? I still like, kind of am. I'm yeah. still doing his programs. I'm just not dedicated to right. a, uh, meet or anything right, specific. Right, right, right. There's um, no, there's no end goal. You're just training yeah, to I just, not turn into a couch potato. <laughs> basically. <laughs> because I'm complaining all the time. But, right, right. <laughs> uh, but I do love conjugate. I love that programming. It has, and I tell people, I'm like, amen. It has made me more of an athlete, not necessarily yes. just a powerlifter. Yes. It's made me more of an athlete than I've ever felt ever. Well, you met you met my buddy Jack and Stasia, Stacia, yes. Yes. Um, two months ago, somewhere around there. Because yeah. you guys were at the, the Cincinnati Pro Am. Yeah. You yeah. guys were out there at the same time and all yeah. that stuff. And that's who that's who helps me with my programming. Is yeah. Jack, and they're phenomenal. People uh, they're too. phenomenal human beings. Um, Jack's a little too amped up for me sometimes, and I tell him that flat out. Like <laughs> we we have text messages going back and forth, and I'm like, man, if we were in front of each other right now, we'd be fighting. <laughs> Um, but like he just, he's a good guy. He's got a great heart. Um, and he's just no nonsense. And I think yeah. that's what rubs people the wrong way. Oh yeah. Cause like if you're an idiot, he's like, he, he's not only going to tell you you're an idiot. He's going to tell you, you are an expletive idiot. Like it's just, <laughs> he's going to take it to that extra, you know. So you don't know if you should feel bad or not. <laughs> oh, I never feel bad. When he, when he yells at me, like you can, he's one of those people when they text you, you know, they're mad at you yeah and that's almost just it's, it's almost like the dad being like i'm not mad i'm disappointed kind of a thing like <laughs> you're you so heartbroken totally, yeah you could totally tell by the tone like that he was like just so annoyed at whatever i did that day and i'm like hey i did this instead of this and all that and he's like why would you do that yeah like 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 for instance i'm i like push press a lot and so like during the highland game season i'm like i think i'm gonna sub out push press or sub out bench press for push press he goes what do you do more strict press or bench press i'm like well bench press he goes right he goes, push press, you use your legs. He goes, like, I get why you want to do it. He goes, stick to the program. I was like, all right, fine. And it was just things like that. I'm like, man, I remember. That's why you have a coach, man. I know, I know. But it's just funny because then I sit there and I'm like, man, I really upset Jack just now. I'm like, I'm sorry, Jack. But anyways, yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you 100% on the conjugate thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think, the thing that drives me nuts is people don't realize that conjugate isn't West Side. Like, Correct. Like West Side is conjugate. Yes. Conjugate is not West Side. Yes. And that's the one. I, I don't know how many times i got to explain that to people. And people are always like, conjugate's for powerlifting. No, West Side is for powerlifting. Yes, like, exactly. And West Side is its own little thing. It's anything that's within those four walls right. out in Ohio. Yeah. You know, that, that is run by Louis Simmons. Yeah. That is West Side. Yeah. Like what Shane Sweat does. That's why it's conjugate, yeah. you know, but it's not necessarily a hundred percent West side cause Correct. he's got his own. Yeah. And then, you know, Matt Wedding down in Ludus yeah. Magnus and yeah. like my buddy, Mark Valeni out in Lorraine, Ohio, like they all yeah. have their own variation of it. And even the way Jack does stuff and then the way I do stuff, like I even coach people, um, a lot of my like strength athletes, yeah. not necessarily my weightlifters. Like I do conjugate it ish with my weightlifters, but there's no bands and chains involved. Yeah. But it's the same methodologies of there's days for max effort. There's days for dynamic effort. There's days for repetition effort and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And it's just, people just don't understand. The, the thing that cracks me up the most is when weightlifters get on the anti-conjugate thing, because that's where it started, mm -hmm. was with the Dynamo Club back in like the early, early, you know, I believe it's like early 50s, okay. uh, 40s, 50s, like the Dynamo Club in Russia. They were the ones that, that was where the conjugate method came from. And like lifters complained that there were too many exercises. So then like they started pairing back exercises and all that stuff. And yeah. that's what Louis says all the time. Yeah. is he was looking for a better way to train and found all these old Russian texts from the Dynamo Club and yep. got them translated and yeah. was like, this is what I'm doing for powerlifting. I mean, no doubt about it, like, my training days can be pretty long ones. Like, you yeah. know, I, if, yeah. if you're training by yourself, there's some times that I'm looking at the program and I'm like, he wants me to do what? Yep, yep. There, yeah, there are days <laughs> I flat out text Jack, I'm like, I didn't get all this done. I was like, I do not have four hours yeah, exactly, to get my exactly. training done. Like, but it's just, yeah, I agree with the athletic thing. Yeah. Like, I have 
I've never felt more like an athlete. Yeah. Because we start, I started doing it in college. Um, right? We talked about it earlier. My, 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 the head athletic trainer, Terry Smith, got us like pretty much doing a conjugate template. Mm-hmm. And then I met Mark Valenti through the Highland Games, and he was a big proponent of conjugate and all that stuff. I started doing it, you know, in college and a little bit post-collegiate. And then yeah. I, you know, stopped to do weightlifting. And, yeah, I'm, I'm explosive because of weightlifting. Yeah. But it's just a different type. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. once I got, you know, back to doing my own thing, like I went right back to it. And yeah. it was just like, yep, this is where I belong. Yeah, and and that's kind of you know, I, I talked to one of my girlfriends who's uh, down in Kentucky right now. She's um, she does conjugate as well, and yeah. we've just discussed it back and forth because we've ran different types of programs, but we always resort back to conjugate yeah. in some way, yeah. shape, or form. Like you can just adapt it so easily yeah. to every sport. Right. Right. Um, because obviously, uh, coming from powerlifting, so I actually got into Highland Games and uh, mass wrestling, and that's yeah, yeah. obviously how most of the time I met you. Yeah, yeah. Um, because mass wrestling was yeah, one. You didn't even know we met in the Highland Games last year. Yeah, I was like, you were in Davenport, and you're like, I was. <laughs> yeah. like, yes. <laughs> so, yes I do. Small world. Um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, I sat chained down, and I was like, I plan on doing these sports. How can we yeah. adapt my training to this? Yeah. And I mean, he thinks of some disgusting ways of how for mm-hmm. me to do like a deadlift to mimic, you know, mass wrestling. I'm just yeah. like, this, this is insane. One, one thing Jack started doing was his isometric pulls. Ooh. Uh, I hate those damn things. Um, <laughs> I, I was doing, I was doing those leading up to Hungary, and they worked obviously, minus my hamstring popping off, but. Like, little stuff like that, yeah. When they find yeah. those little, like, things for, that are, like, uh, along the conjugate line of thinking, and then they carry over, I'm like, <sighs> Yeah. It's like, the things you don't want to do, you should be doing a lot more of. Oh, yeah. And so when I see things yep. in the program, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, and that's then you're like, why I have to do yep. it. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So, Moss Wrestling Highland Games. Um, what has your been experience with that so far? Like, you've, you've kind of, you've taken a Moss Wrestling pretty well, I think, personally. Um, I got lucky with the experience of traveling to Finland. That's what helped me. That is immensely. true. Yeah, you did get to go hang out with Yuha and all them for, yeah. for like two, three weeks in Finland. Which yeah, that was like... A little more notice next time, guys. The, the luck of the cards, though, played out for me that I was able to, you know, manage my clients so that I would have the money to go. Yep, yep, um, yep. And then just by, like, the grace of God, literally, I made it out there. It was, like, literally a week's notice. Um, and it was some brutal training. Like, I posted pictures of how, like, tore up my hands yeah. were from that. It's like... Again, thanks, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, you want to go to Finland? Yeah, sure. When next week? <laughs> there you go, bro. Thanks. I'm pretty sure I was down in Cincinnati you working were. on clients when he sent that message out, and I'm like, "Let me see what I can do." Yeah, because you and I were talking because you were we're talking about like there was another con- oh the Arnold was coming up. Yeah. And we we're talking about getting ready to train and all that stuff, and you're like, "Yeah, I change of plans. I'm going to Finland." I'm like, "Mother." <laughs> I'm like, all right. And then what's funny was uh, so. Early or late, sorry, end of the year last year, I was literally telling myself, I'm like, 2018, I am traveling. I, I like, I don't care how much money I have to spend. Like, I am traveling abroad. I've never traveled overseas, and I've traveled that's quite ironic. a bit. I would say that's ironic because you've gone at least three or four times. <laughs> yeah, so I traveled to Finland. I was in uh, Denmark, Sweden twice, uh, and then just recently Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, and I competed in Highland Games in Germany. So, yeah. So, Obviously, like I said, the, the list of things you've done, um, the term Matt, uh, Matt Vincent probably didn't come up with this term, but he was calling himself for a while the Drift Alifta. Um, it was his <laughs> blog. It was before hate was a thing. Yeah. That's how, that's how far back Matt and I go for all you who think he's a bandwagoner. Bite me. Um, but yeah, he, he had a blog called the Drift Alifter, and it was because he had a sales job. Yeah. And he literally would plan his sales schedule around like Highland Games. And so he'd travel to these different areas, do his thing during the week, mm-hmm. throw on the weekends, and then travel back. Like that's just that was yeah. his thing. And so like when I think of like Drifter Lifter, like you're you come to mind. Like there's nobody else anymore that comes to mind because like I said, you every time I talk to you, I'm like like we I mean we were trying to do this for the last season. And you're like, well, this weekend I'm in Cincinnati, and this week I'm going to be in Denver. But then this weekend I have like, I have two days where I'll be home. But then I'm going to be turning right back around and going to Florida. And then after that, I'm going to Finland. And I'm like, what? In the, like you travel a, a lot, lot, but I feel like you have the luxury to do so because yeah. I know there's somebody that's probably listening, just going, oh, must be nice. You know what? It is. Yeah. It is when you work your butt off. And you have people that are willing to help and support. Like you, you yeah. said flat out, like you've never asked of much from eight men when yeah. you were competing in powerlifting. Yeah, no. But now, 
that you have these opportunities that have presented themselves, Aitman's like, and Captain Jack, they're like, how can we help? Yeah, well, and, it was just, and that was the same thing for, for, for hate, like yeah. with me. I wouldn't have gone to Hungary yeah. had it not been for hate. Like yeah. I had two other sponsors that yeah. I was working with at the time that I am no longer working with because of that. Like yeah. they were like, yeah, we're all on board. We want you to do better. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to this. I got invited to this World Cup team. Like yeah. the, the travel is going to be a little bit rough. Like that's what sponsors are for. Yeah. Those of you who are trying to sponsor yeah. athletes or working with sponsorships, that's what they're for. Yeah. There. Like you help endorse their product and yeah. they try to help you in some form or fashion. Yeah. And if they're not willing to help you out in some form or fashion. Yeah. Drop them. They're not worth it. Right. Um, and I, I'm very fortunate to have a company like Hay and Matt and Mike behind me that are like, yeah, man. Like, for a while there, I flat out told them, I'm like, guys, I'm like, if you need to drop me, drop me. Like, oh, I yeah. am not doing anything yeah. spectacular. I coach weightlifters. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I jump in a competition myself. It's a little yeah. bit changing now because I'm starting to get more in, back into the competitions and stuff. And they're like, no, man, you're a good dude. Like, you, 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 you're you, loyal to us. You, you help yeah. push us. Like, anything that we need, you're there for, like... What's funny is I actually had the same conversation with 8-Man because I knew I wasn't going to compete in powerlifting, at least for a long time, because I'm just like, I'm just burnt out. Yeah, right. Um, And I told them, I'm like, listen, like, if you have someone that you're looking at to sponsor, I I understand. They're like, we're not dropping you. And I was just like. Same thing I told them. I was like, like, look, I said, there are plenty of other weightlifters out there. Like, because that was originally what they brought me on. Yeah. I was the I was the weightlifter. Yeah. I was like, you got people that are got a bigger social media following or something like that. And like, my feelings won't be hurt. And Matt pretty much told me to shut up and sit down. <laughs> I was like, okay. But you know, yeah. yeah, the eight man brothers give me shit. Like they treat me like their little sister. But yeah, yeah. you know, and they're such great people. Um, and like you said, like I've just been really fortunate. I I don't ask much of them, but then. I keep them on their toes because yeah. I am doing all the odd sports. So keep I just bring their brand keep, into. Keep everybody on their toes. <laughs> everybody that knows you, you keep on their toes. Plain and simple. It's like if you see me post a picture of my passport, they're like, where is she going now? Yeah. Yeah. I just feel bad for your dog. Like your dog probably like they're like your dog like forgets who you are on some occasions probably. Like you have a beautiful pit bull. I know I do. And She's my baby. But, like, I guarantee you, you come home and you're like, hi, bitch. And they're like, She's my dog. She's just like, who? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, like, they, they give you, like, the, the stranger sniff. Like, you got to put your hand out, like, the, the back of your no. hand out so they can smell your hand before No, you. she definitely, yeah. she knows who her mama is. Uh, but my parents take good care of her because she tends to, like, gain a pound every time I leave. So, <laughs> That's uh, funny. She's my little, I call her my chunky monkey. I call yeah. her my baby beluga. I mean, yeah. I, I got all the names. <laughs> Yeah, we have, we have three dogs. Yeah, she's three. she has you know if I were to make one of those Instagram pages for her, she'd probably have more followers than me though. So that's why Beth and I joke around. But we have a little pocket pit bull, yeah. uh, Cece. She's like 30, 40 pounds. I currently, her and I are currently on the rocks. Um, I, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> this dog. I don't know if you saw my Instagram story. I had to chase her around my neighborhood uh, this weekend. She got out twice. Um, never have had an issue with this dog running off before. And she just ran out the back door. Like I opened it up and my one dog, my dog hates the rain. Mm. It was raining and I'm trying to take, cause we, we don't have a yard yet. So yeah. I had to take him out one at a time and my pit bull kept taking off. Caught her the first time. I'm running around my neighborhood in just a pair of jeans. Um, no shoes, no socks, no shirt. I'm just <laughs> running around my neighborhood. Second time I had clothes on. Um, but there were a bunch of neighbors out, like kind of starting to work on their yards cause the rain had stopped or whatever. And we have a creek that runs right back behind their house. And I'm chasing this dog, so I'm like, if this dog gets on, gets in the creek, like I'm losing her. And she stopped to sniff somebody's flowers or something in the grass, and I just full up like Terry Tate office <laughs> linebacker tackled her, and all my neighbors saw me do it. Like I tackled her like almost into the creek, and I'm walking back, and I'm soaking wet, and I'm just swearing and mad at the world and all that. So, but I, Beth and I joke around like our our little pit bull, we put together an account for her I guarantee she'd get a ton of followers and stuff like yeah. that people love dogs yeah. who does, who my does dog's that? name is Karma by the way <laughs> I just call her all these all these little hysterical little like, nicknames I mean, that's the thing, like, for, for crying out loud if I put a if I put more dog pictures on my Instagram account I'd probably get a, easily another thousand followers I know I just, she gets more likes and comments on her pictures yeah. which is fine I that's have like because no that's my, my wife's Instagram, my wife's Instagram account she literally will say like it, I think it says something like pictures of food, flowers, and my dogs. Yeah. Like, that is, like, it, it's something along those lines, and it's very accurate. That's all yeah. she talks about, which is fine with me. So, getting back on track here. Um, outside of this, despite doing all these things, you mm-hmm. have, people think you probably just all willy-nilly, mm-hmm. throw caution to the wind, but you actually have a job, a profession. I, I do. Like, you're what I would consider a 
higher end professional because you do speaking engagements, you talk at conferences and stuff about what you do. So let's talk about that. Like let's talk about your job and yeah. how it relates to, you know, sports performance and yeah. your clients and stuff along those lines. So uh at the base, I'm a licensed massage therapist, but I've gotten certifications on top of that. That's made me more of what I like to classify as a body worker because yeah, yeah, yeah. people, once they hear massage therapist, they go, oh, you're a masseuse. It's like, <laughs> no, no <laughs> there's, there's a different reference for that. no happy ending. Yeah, it's absolutely not. Um, in fact, there's like most of the, the bigger boys that come on my table, they bring their mouth guard because it's like they need me to dig into whatever shoulder or area of their body that's like being banged up and they're like i know this is gonna suck those are the best yeah and you know it's like i've i obviously have a a pride in what i do because with the athletic background that i do i understand when someone comes in even if they're in a different sport than i do i at least have the concept or or the idea of how their body is moving Right, right right and so i'm looking at you know the moment they walk through my door i'm looking at their their gait and you know which arm is swinging more i'm looking at if their head's tilting things like all of that's like a sign and a cue i may not know completely neurologically what's happening but i can tell by like just how they're moving what their muscle tone may be like the one the moment they lay on the table right 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 um so i was fortunate that uh when i was going through massage therapy school i actually was working under dr joe baldino who is out of um saint charles he has a clinic that's the inapc and I was working with him right off the bat, and he's a functional neurologist chiropractor. Um, and very rarely does he do any chiropractic work unless it's necessary. But he yeah. was the one that kind of got me to assess people the way that I do now. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is I'll be actually working out of his clinic. I'll be um, independent out of there, but um, working side by side with him again. So I'm really excited about that because it'll be like awesome. a good refresher for yeah. me. So, um, go ahead. No, I'm just trying to think. So neuro... Functional neurologist. So what does he do then? Like if he doesn't do... Because I see a chiropractor about once every other week. Yeah. Once every three weeks. And it's just general things. Like I have a jacked up hip. That's just the best way to describe Mm -hmm. it. I can't get all too technical because there's just too much going on there. And so like I legitimately like the hip sinks into the socket. Mm -hmm. Or the socket sinks into the the air a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? No, the joints in the socket. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's got to pull it out pretty much. That's the biggest thing I get done. And then my neck... I get adjusted a lot because um, I dropped on my head one too many times as a kid or something like that. But I get my neck adjusted quite a bit. And then she adjusts extremities because I'm on my feet. Yep. I do a lot with my hands. She yep. adjusts my feet and hands. So if he doesn't do like adjustments on a regular basis, like what is what else does he do? So he's assessing you also. Like the moment you walk through the door, he's looking at where your eyes – like he's more fine-tuned, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he's looking at where your eyes are sitting in their sockets and like – how do you how do you move? How your eye movement is correlated oh, wow. with like the tremors in your hands and things like that. So, a lot of things that he has done with me in my sports performance is because I do have what's called essential tremors, like not just because of all the caffeine I drink, because of all the coffee I drink. Yeah, right. But, um, still, not just you because still I finished that. I know. You were like, I had two cups before this. <laughs> and I'm like, I thought I drank a lot of caffeine. No, it'll, Jiminy it'll Christmas. Be, yeah, I, I'll be uh, going through the nitro cold brew soon, but. Um, <laughs> And then get yeah, another one. Yeah, there's another one. Well, I have gift cards, so that doesn't help my case. That, that does not help. But, <laughs> so, like, he's looking at my tremors and how are they correlating with my movement. So, right, right. Um, you know, in the case that most people with tremors will probably have a tremor somewhere else in their movement, in their total mm-hmm. body movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, especially when I will get into a heavier squat, I shake a lot more. Um, and so it's like, how can we get those tremors to calm down? Well, is that kind of like a deadlift, like a guy shaking at the top of a deadlift or is that something completely Upon lockout, sometimes that is like the tremor, that little bit of a tremor that someone may get. Um, I mean, I can think of a few clients that I'll watch their videos and I'm like, this could be, um, if not for sure related to like some type of emotional trigger that they may have because people get themselves so amped up just before a lift that they may not realize that it could be actually, um, hindering their yeah. lift. Yeah. The, some of the dudes that get themselves like just completely just psychotic yeah. and then sniff the ammonia and this and that yeah. and then they have the pre-workout. I'm like, I am shocked your head yeah. doesn't explode at the right. top of a squat or yeah. a lift or something like that. Like well, some, some, yeah. of, some of these people just take getting amped up like a little yeah. too far in my opinion. But <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever floats their boat. Right. To each your own. Like get on with your bad self. Right. So yeah. 
so you've, you've done a couple of like different speaking things. So now that you call yourself like a body worker and stuff like mm-hmm. that, like what kind of, what kinds of like messages, presentations are you now? Like what is, what is your mission statement in terms of when you get to speak Ooh. and stuff like that to get out there to the masses that people just don't know or they need to be more educated on? You know what? I think when it comes down to it that massage therapy is greatly underestimated. It's still seen as a luxury and yeah. I would be you know, the the advocate to say that it is like the forefront of medicine. Right, right, right. Because if you look back in history, touch is the first form of medicine. Right, right. So it's not necessarily the herbs or the herbal formulas that people used to take or anything like that. Like that came next. But like when someone had an upset stomach, what's the first thing you do? You go to hold your stomach. Yeah. So that's, that's what you're looking at is like the, um, the basic human need of touch. Okay. So... That's why I say it's underestimated. Um, people don't realize that, like, just from deep tissue to deep compression, like that. There's a difference between those two techniques. There's right. a, you know, people are like, oh, Swedish massage is like it feels like someone's just petting you. It's like yes, to an extent, there is a purpose for that. Though. But I would say, but there's reasons. Like, there's probably certain yeah. like patterns and yeah. different like lines they're trying yeah. to follow and yeah. things along the yeah. So it's like tissue feel. You know, the, the, a good therapist will know whether you need deep tissue, right. deep, deep compression, or if you just need, like, simply just, like, a hug, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like, I have people who come on my table that... You just, like, sit on the table and hug me. Okay. <laughs> just hold me. But, like, it's true. I mean, I'm sure you've seen your athletes come into the door, and you oh, can God. tell right off yeah. the bat when they're having a stressful day. Yeah. And then they yeah. just spill their guts to you, and you're like... How about we just take a moment, breathe? Yeah, like you know? I've literally had lifters come in and yeah. like you tell right off the bat that it's just it's not their day. You had a crappy day. Yeah. And they start warming up and they're like missing yep. like twenty percent. I'm yep. like, let's just get the sled out yep. and let's just push the sled up and down a yep. couple times. Like, let's add some weight, let's yeah. throw the 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 D balls around a little yeah, bit. Right. Let's go outside yeah. and go throw we give something them the something wall. else yeah. to do. Right, like you. This isn't your day. Like right. let's not create the bad habit. Well, it's like it's common questions to ask your your client, and, and in my case, my clients is just like, what do you do on a normal basis? Like, right. what do you do for work and things like that? And usually, once they start talking about work, they talk about how stressful their life is. Yeah. So then here I am. As they're, like, getting amped up while laying on the table, I'm just hanging out with, like, a deep compression, like, whether it's on their arm or something, and then, yeah, like, yeah. take a deep breath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're just, like, <sighs> like, and they just let it all out. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes I'm that safe haven. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I don't take that for granted. You're but cheaper than a psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sort of. <laughs> Depends on how frequently you need to there, see There you go. There you go. There you um, go. But, yeah, I mean... I guess that would be kind of like the message that I try to get across. I I do um, speak engagements more now, um, I think, just because I'm putting myself out there more. Absolutely. uh, At the end of this year, I will be speaking at the Swiss Symposium in um, Ontario. And I am honored to be there because I'm looking at the lineup there. And it's like there's always that part of you that you always feel like the newbie. And you're like, what have I done? Like that type of thing. Right, right, right. Um, So I... uh, I'm making sure that I'm going to bring really good material um, about that because I've become really interested in hormonal fluctuations. So that's the thing about like being in all the sports that I have been. The uh, number of those who claim to be natural and those who are, are natural and then those who are like completely open that they're using some type of supplement or, yeah, yeah. you know, PE or whatever. Answer, yeah. yeah. So, you know, what I've become interested in is seeing the difference in tissue feel when I have a lifter going through a cycle of, mm. of PEDs and like from the moment they start the cycle to when they're about to peak for whether it's bodybuilding or powerlifting and how the tissue feels different. Okay. Um, so that's what I've become really interested in because it's so prevalent in the sports. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. can't deny it. Anybody, yeah, anybody that wants to sit there, even in CrossFit, you, you want to sit there and say that any sport is 100% drug-free, like, yeah. you're lying to yourself. <laughs> it's just not a thing anymore. When there you're is the only money, one telling yourself that. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. when there is money involved, people yeah. are going to find ways to up their performance to get right. that money. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. So anybody that wants to sit there and, you know, be like, my sport is 100, even though, what is it, the USPA? Yeah, that's like really. So I they, think they, so. they, they do drug testing outside yeah. of competitions and stuff like that. I'm sorry, you still got guys that are getting around yeah. it. Like there are probably people still in weightlifting that get around it. Yeah. Plain and simple. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like it is what it is. Like yeah. until yeah, un- until um, money 
and fame and fortune does not become the prime motivator for your sport. Like I agree. that's that those are the drug free sports. That that yeah. is not the motivation. Yeah. But what it taught me as a therapist is I just need to be completely open minded because yeah. I've seen and heard quite, quite a bit. Oh, and I can only uh, imagine. I've I know I've only been working for four years, but you know, it's the amount of ground I've covered with some of my athletes and like I've been, you know, with them either when they first started the sport and then when they first started their first cycle or whatever. And so it's just seeing them grow and, you know, knowing that they can come to me and they trust me with whatever information they have. Like, that's something I don't take for granted either. Um, gotcha. Because you go to any other professional, you go to a doctor, and the doctor is going to be like, they're obviously going to judge them. Yep. Unless that doctor knows anything they're, they're, more. They're going to categorize them. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. So, and they're going to tell them, like, you shouldn't be doing this, this, and this. And it's like you're telling an athlete. That's like, I, you know, I, try to tell an athlete not to lift when they just got surgery. Like, uh, it's yeah. not going to work. My favorite is the doctors that are like, squatting's really bad for your knees. I'm like, how is that still a thing? <laughs> like, how are we still getting out, giving out that advice? Like, yeah. how did you not <laughs> learn somewhere in your college rec center right. that squatting is not bad for your knees? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's one of my big interests. I love um, analyzing form because when, again, when an athlete comes to me and they're like, the most basic thing that most people complain about is, uh, like, elbow tendonitis, yeah. that type of thing. And it's like, okay, well, when do you feel it the most? Bench pressing. Okay, how is your form? And so the moment they the show me, the elbows are either flared out completely and they have, like, a really narrow grip. It's just like, okay, well, then, you know, Look at how you're doing that, yeah. then move your grip out and tell me how a 90-degree yeah, yeah. arm feels yeah. versus 45 degrees and tell me how that feels. Now, oh, that feels much better. It's like, okay, now we just looked at functional movement. Yeah, <laughs> so, congratulations. You're fixed. Yeah. So it's just, you know, breaking down form and, and being able to apply my athletic experience. And, you know, I've had my share of injuries, too. Yeah. But, you know, you rehab them. You get back into the swing of things. Right. And, so... Yeah. For somebody that's listening to this and be like, man, she does some cool stuff that I want to do. What is your advice? Like, what is your, if you give a couple, somebody listening to this, somebody in high school or college is trying to figure things out and mm. sounds like this is something that they want to do. You know, the whole kit and caboodle, like being able to travel and compete mm. and do these different things. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, you know, um, about being narrow-minded. Like, mm. what is your, what is your piece of advice to somebody that like is, wants to like, possibly do what you do but they're worried about stepping outside their comfort zone i think the moment that um someone is like comfortable that's yeah. when they're gonna be like complacent and yeah. that's that's their downfall okay um i've i guess through life and like my life experiences the first thing i've noticed is that like the moment i start feeling uncomfortable that's when i get into like the zone mm -hmm. and that's when i want to absorb as much as i can i want to learn as much as i can um, I think that's why, honestly, I looked at Highland Games and I'm like, I am short, but I'm strong. Yeah. Like, height events may not be my best, but maybe I can get distance. So, you know, like, you start... Oh, man, I don't even want to hear the whole short is going to be... Have you ever <laughs> seen Zach Riley throw? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like 5'9", I think, maybe, 5'10". Yeah. And dude clears almost 18 feet in the way for height. Yeah. I'm like, now, every time, I hear, no somebody, every time I hear somebody, oh, I'm really short, this isn't for me. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. But, you know, it's, like, obviously, um, I got really comfortable with uh, with powerlifting. Yeah. But, obviously, I was uncomfortable with it at first because I didn't even know what powerlifting was when I first got into right, it. Right, right, right. I think that's how everybody starts in any yeah. sport. Like, you just you yeah. have no idea, and then you just, it's that, yeah. it's that whole, like, journey of discovery and stuff like that. So, why do you think people don't don't go outside their comfort zone? Like, that was one thing. Like, we were talking about it last weekend or two weekends ago. I, I did a, a fire truck poll with a bunch of buddies for American Cancer mm. Society's Relay for Life. And we were all talking around after dinner, and um, Highlander competitions are mm -hmm. starting to become a pretty big thing, which is a combination of strongman and Highland games. And it's kind of to try to merge the two cultures a little yeah. bit, but it's also to get other strength athletes into these competitions and stuff like that. Yeah. And like the one guy was just complaining, he goes, he trains at a powerlifting gym, and he goes, I have guys that like are squatting 800 pounds, benching 600 pounds, deadlifting, you know, pu pu pushing 900 pounds in their deadlift, and they will not come out and yeah. do something like that. Like, why do you think that's such a thing? Like, why do you think, I and mean, I'm not trying to pick on just power. Oh, yeah, Because no. weightlifters are just as bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. You tell a weightlifter that, you know, we're, like, I remember we tried doing a competition here one time, kind of like, uh, um, like, Klokov's Power Weekend, 
where I'm like, we're going to do, like, it's going to be like a hang snatch, uh, strict press. You have to power clean it first and all that stuff. I'm like, whoa, we're not snatching and cleaning drinking? Like, <laughs> they just, outside of those two lifts and the words competition, they have no clue what to do. <laughs> Same thing for Highland Games, guys. Like, you trying to, you want to add, like, a stone challenge? Yeah. No, man. No. I'm, to I'm going to pull a muscle. Yeah. <laughs> and, or, like, the Highlander things. Like, one of the, um, there was one in particular, people were, like, a pull push. It was literally like the strongman events were like Moss Wrestling, a pole push, Atlas Stone Load, and everybody's like, you are going to get so hurt doing those. And I'm like, no, that sounded like a lot of fun. Like, yeah. if I was closer, I would have done those. Yeah. Like, so why do you think that is? Um, I think it's uh, ego. <laughs> to be to be uh, completely honest, it's ego I mean, because... I agree. I was just curious what your thought was. They're, they're good at one thing. And good is relative. And they're afraid to look insignificant in another okay um i think that's what i've noticed i yeah. think a lot of people just are afraid in general to step outside their comfort zone because yeah. it's just you're gonna look like a fool at first yeah like yeah i still don't have like the most graceful turn in highland games but yeah. i like stepped into highland games like i have no idea right right anything that i'm doing well, so like, that's why i'm willing the to first mass wrestling competition that you and i did together that one in mammoth yeah um a lot of the guys and stuff or the, 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 the girls because most of our mass wrestling team at that time was girls yeah um they were like why aren't you doing the novice for the strongman like you're competing in the, yeah. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the 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 elite or whatever the class was or yeah. the, the higher up guys yeah why don't you just do the novice you haven't done a strongman contest in like you know 10 years whatever and all that stuff i'm like i didn't come here to they're like you probably could have won the novice and i'm like why well, didn't come here to win like yeah. i came here to compete like, yeah I don't care. I look like an idiot on the right. tire flip because right. I literally the heavy. I, I flipped a seven hundred pound tire one time before that competition. Yeah, and then out there, I didn't even think about the time parameters. Right, when I was timed in that event. I couldn't get the stupid seven hundred and twenty well, pound tire flip. That would be like at the time that I was at my peak for powerlifting. If I continued to compete at local meets, yeah, what is going to happen? Right, like those are the guys that continuously compete at local meets, so they can tell that tell themselves that they're number one. That they won. Yeah. So it's just like, but if you were to step into a national level meet or an uh, international meet, yeah. you're slaughtered. Right, right So right, it's just right. like, you have to just come to terms, come to grips with yourself that, right. like, you are, like, this small compared to everyone else in this <laughs> world. So, I mean, we were having a discussion about how the world's strongest power lifter is probably in a different sport right now. Yes, I, 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 I firmly believe that. And I apologize to anybody who is diehard powerlifting. Um, I am more than willing to have an open, honest discussion with anybody that wants. Not, I'm not going to get into a shouting match or a name calling match with you. Um, but there is a gentleman I was just showing Janelle videos of him. He is a weightlifter right now um, from Estonia, Marcium. Um, I feel like if he switched over to powerlifting, um, he would rewrite a lot of the records. Yeah. Um, there, I think that, but I, th I think the same thing goes for strongman. Yeah. I think honestly, world strongest man is not competing in strongman right now. Like, I think there are some power lifters yeah. that could kind of go over. Same thing for weightlifting. Yeah. Um, especially in the U.S. I think some of our best athletes are making a lot more Monday, a lot more money yeah. uh, playing, you know, football on Sunday. Yeah. You know, I think some of our best athletes are in those sports, plain and simple. Yeah. Um, powerlifting included. Because they found their niche. They found their niche and they're yeah. making a lot more money doing it. Yeah. Right, exactly. But, um, yeah, I, it, it's very interesting that yeah. people are so, you know, wrapped up in their their own stats and their yeah. own numbers that they're not willing to just push their boundaries the human body is a wonderful machine and it adapts and that's it, that's what's yeah. crazy to me and like you know i i have pushed myself in so many different arenas right, right. and i will continue to do so i don't know what my next thing is i mean like i've talked to people that they're like you do highland games and you're throwing these things around like you could be a stunt person, little you know, little do you know. And I'm like, actually, now that you say that, I'm gonna start looking into it. So find you know, a stunt coach. Yeah, find a stunt coach. That, I, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen, but what I do is I just keep those doors open because each and every sport that I've gone into has opened a door to a new opportunity right, for me. Right, so right. I think that's what people limit themselves to. It's like yes. if you're gonna stick to one sport, congrats. But little do you know, it's like you're only living life to that extent. Oh, God, yeah. You know, and I'm obviously really big about just doing everything you can and covering as much ground as you can. Um, just as, you know, you, you only have so much uh, good time on your hands when right. it comes down to lifting and throwing and all that. And it's like you, you look at the... The older generation, they're talking like I. What I love, and I actually posted recently about it, was uh, like Ernie Franz and Louis Simmons. Yeah, 
I love listening to those guys talk God, about yes. the good old days. When Ed when Ed Cohn was here for yeah. the, the the Matt with Friends yeah. seminar, I could literally sit and just listen to Ed tell old stories yep. for hours, yeah. hours on end. Yeah. Um, Bill Kazmaier is another one. Um, yeah. I've never had a chance to actually sit and talk to him, but some of the interviews that he does, like I'll watch, I'll read, I'll listen to the same interview over and over yeah. and over again, just hearing how things were. Like yeah. I remember. He came under a lot of fire and powerlifting a while back yeah. because he gave a bunch of the guys. That was when gear was kind of starting to yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. He was just—it was one of those things where he was just like, you know, back in my day, like we literally wore like a leotard and ace bandages <laughs> around our knees. Like I don't know why you guys need all these. Yeah, right. But you know, they are the perfect example of like one day I want to be able to tell my kids and, you know, the people listening all the stories of everything I've done. Right, right. So, like, I mean, Bill Kazmaier, who's world champion powerlifter, yeah. world's strongest man, yeah. he actually wasn't that bad of a Highland Games guy, too. Yeah. Like, he, 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 for a while there, he had the world record and the weight for height. Wow. Like, he just, he was strong and it yeah. carried over to yeah. all these different things and, I just want to see more of that. And it's cool yeah. to see athletes like you do and stuff. Like, I wouldn't even put myself in your category because, um, I haven't accomplished half of what you have, but it's just cool to do these other things. Right. I did, like like you said, be able to tell my kid, be like, yeah, I did this at one point. Yeah. I did this at one point. They find yeah. a photo of me surf- somewhere on the internet right. and they're like, hold on, you did that too? I'm like, yes, I did. It's like you're wearing a kilt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I used to do muscle-ups too, like I'm yeah. thinking I was fit or something. Like it's just, you do all sorts of little things. It's crazy. Right. So so what's next for what's next for Janelle? Like what, 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 where are you going from here? Um, so in terms of this year, I am looking at possibly the Nomad Games. Um, mm, I'm, cons- do that. I'm considering that, uh, just because it's one of those things that it is every two years and I'm just like, God, it looks like a ton of fun. So Nomad Games is going to be in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. Um, for Moss Wrestling. Yeah. For Moss Wrestling. Okay. But it's supposed to be like this phenomenal. It's a uh, festival. It's, it's, it's a whole a, thing. Like, a there's all long festival. Yeah, there's all sorts of other sports going on too. Yeah, I gather. So I think now that I've, you know, I've had my share of, and by no means am I done, but I've had my share of traveling overseas. I have a concept of like how Americans are treated, you know, for one, but mm. like how are athletes treated as mm. well. Yes. So, um, strength athletes are treated so much better. Yeah, I mean, in, in other countries than they are here. And I walked around like in Sweden and in Germany, and I, I'm an oddball. Yeah. Because I am short, but I have like I know I'm muscular. You would be what I consider a meatball. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I have piercings in my. You know, I have uh, nose piercings. piercings. I have just, tattoos. You're, like you're small, you got some muscle on. Yeah, you, like you, you know, it's just. Yeah, so it's like I know I stand out. You know, it took some time to eventually come around and accept it all, but you know, I'm learning to embrace it. And, yeah, you know, things like that. But for sure. But yeah, I mean, just traveling in general is. It's so humbling yeah, um, yeah. because you think you're the best on your home ground. Try traveling abroad. And oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, that was, Hungary was the first time I, I was in Europe ever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I was, oh, my God, I was so out of my element there. Yeah. Like, I was wearing, my, everybody knows that. I wear bright colors. I have a bright orange shirt. And, <laughs> Walking around the downtown area with Ariel, and she's just like, "You are getting these strangest looks right now." Like children or people were legitimately like pulling their children to the side of them, like closer in as I'm walking down the. It's like the, a pit bull on the road, like, you know? Right, like that's literally what Ariel said. She felt like she felt like she was walking her gigantic dog down the street, and people were just like, "Nope, go to the other side of the street." Like people wouldn't talk to us and stuff like that. It was cool, but like when we were at the competition venue. Oh, yeah. Like, I had dudes that, you know, are multiple-time world champions. Uh-huh. And one guy um, was the world's strongest man in the master's division. Oh, and wow. he came up to me, and he's like, you American, world's strongest man. Like, <laughs> like, talking to me. And I'm like, I have no clue who you are. You could probably break me. But, yeah, let's talk. Like, yeah. It's just, we'll try to. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Try is a yeah. very good word there. I didn't understand a lick of what people were saying. You know, but that's what's kind of, again, it's humbling, and it's like, it's really interesting. They want to talk to you. Yes. If you're in that same sport, they want to talk to you. They want to We're teach you as much as... We're all there for the same as, reason. Yeah, right. Like, and it, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, strength sports are definitely... Um, Treated a lot differently over there than they are here. Yeah, like here we're kind of sort of like sideshows. Over there, they're oh. like they're like they're revered. Yeah, because I think you know our thing is is that we take so much pride in our identity on yep. social media. They take pride in their identity in their sport. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. So, besides the Nomad Games, are you going to do Worlds? 
Uh, we'll see how my traveling plays out. <laughs> uh, because next year, there, there looks like there's going to be a lot more um, non-competitive purpose traveling happening. Gotcha. Like possibly gotcha. New Zealand and... Damn. Um, I went to Australia New Zealand. So I'm on my list of places to go to. Yeah. Australia's pretty cool. Just um, saying. Yeah, um, I mean, like, as far as uh, competitions go, I'll be doing um, local Highland Games, obviously, this Friday coming yeah, up. Yeah. Um, I just like keeping myself busy in this way where yeah. it keeps me active. I have to keep training because um, yeah. it's like if you don't have a goal, then it's like you're going into the gym. You're, you're not as motivated. Out. Yeah, I don't work. like that. There's a difference. I was trying to Matt explain that to me really well because I said something to Matt about training the other day. And he goes, brother, I don't train anymore. I work out. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, when you don't have a goal anymore, yeah. there's nothing you're pushing towards. Yeah. You're working out. Yeah. When you have a goal, you are training. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. That's like, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to look at it. All right. All right. So we're going to take a break there. We're going to take a break, get some words from our sponsors, and we're going to move on into the lightning round. Ready? Do you cringe every time you look back at your old Snatch videos? Or do you, you know you are just one training session away from tweaking something because your snatch is just so out of control? Or maybe you're pretty decent at it, but you just know you could be better. Stop trying to muscle it and just fix it. How, you ask? Head to snatch.thestrengthagenda.com and sign up for my free challenge, 30 Days to a Better Snatch. Every day, I'll send you some drills and exercises to incorporate as part of your warm-up. With just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll work on creating a smoother, less technically flawed snatch. In my own test and tests among some of my lifters, the side-by-side -side video comparisons have been insane. So stop struggling and set the foundation for a snatch PR. Snatch.thestrengthagenda.com and subscribe to the challenge now. All right, lightning round time. Um, these questions have absolutely nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I w would not let you look at the questions before I pick them. Great. Um, you're just going to answer them. Okay. And you can give me the first answer that comes to your mind. Oh okay. God. Okay. First up, uh, Crayola crayon box. You were to be one color in the entire Crayola <laughs> crayon box. What color are you going to be and why? These are some deep, thought-provoking questions. <laughs> so deep and thought-provoking. Oh, geez. Crayola has brought out a bunch of ones, you know, a bunch of new ones. But to be honest... Uh, Violet and purple has always been my favorite color, so I, mean, I just have to go with, you know, the basic I, colors. I, somebody told me they have a 96 count box. I have, like, the 64 <laughs> count box in, like, in, in grade school. And one of my one of the guys, uh, uh, Zach Talon, who we recorded an episode with, he was like, man, I had, like, the 96 or the 128 or whatever. I'm like, they have 100 freaking crayons What's in one funny box. is uh, I'm an artist on the side. Like, I do color pencil drawings and stuff. Of course stuff. you are. Of course you are. Yeah. So when it comes down to, like, Crayola and, like, Prismacolor pencils, I'm just like, ooh, they're pretty. You have collections of them, but you don't do anything with them. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm always training. Right, right, right. <laughs> All right, next question. Um, you a comic book person? Do you at least know of comic books? Do you know what they are? Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Spider-Man and Superman. Not, or I'm sorry, Batman. I always screw this one up. Not Superman. Batman and Spider-Man. Okay. Who's winning in a fight and why? <laughs> I feel like Spider-Man has the advantage, but I feel like if uh, Spider-Man ever got caught by Batman's little uh, implements, then he's done for. All right, so you're going to go with Batman. Yeah. That's your final answer. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Back in the day, which was your favorite power line, Drew? The pink. Pink one? Yeah. I don't know. I I've been surprised by this question. <laughs> I had somebody say the Blue Ranger one time, and I totally forgot there was a Blue Ranger. <laughs> because he was the nerd, and nobody wanted to be the nerd growing well, up. Well, the thing is, though, like, I didn't just grow up with Power Rangers. I loved watching, like, Xena. I loved, like, Warrior oh, Princesses. Yeah, Warrior so Princesses. That's so when, like, wouldn't the Yellow Ranger be more your liking, or you like that Pink Ranger? I think just Pink, because it was at the time I was, like, Pink. little yeah. tidbit true story about this we found out the other day or okay. i found out the other day I found is this going to disappoint me or? No, no, oh, okay. no 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 in the because the power rangers though the american version okay was originally filmed in japan interesting like the fight scenes and all that stuff like actually the, i can see that all, all, the, all the human <laughs> yeah with the when they're not with their costumes that was all american and filmed and stuff like that but all the fight scenes of them filmed in their 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 costumes was all filmed in japan and so they just dubbed it over what the only Power Ranger that was a female 
was the Pink Ranger. Oh, thank God! Because if you look <laughs> at if you look at their uniforms, the Pink Ranger has a skirt. None of the oh. other Rangers have a skirt. The Yellow Ranger in the Japanese version is a man. Wow. A little trivia there for you. I was a Green Ranger personally. Like the Walking dude, encyclopedia. The, the dude controlled a dragon with a flute. Like, can't get much more badass than that. And <laughs> Green Ranger was my dude. All right, anyways, last question. You're walking into a bar. Okay. Or you're, you're not walking into the bar. You're sitting in the bar. Oh, okay. Penguin comes walking in wearing a sombrero. One of those, like, wild, wild west doors. Like, doors <laughs> swing open. Saloon doors swing open. Music stops playing. You turn around, and you and the penguin lock eyes. Mm-hmm. What does he say to you? <laughs> Think about it. I'm losing. I know you are. What's he saying? Clean. Clean? Just, yeah, just because you, you're thinking of whiskey, and he doesn't want ice with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were taking a whole different route. Right, no, no, clean, no. Clean. All right. <laughs> He if he's sits, walking into a saloon or yeah, anything, he's then... Sits, he's just sitting down next to you, and he's just, like, clean. Yeah, clean. I like he, it. He don't, right, he don't want no deal. ice. All right, so people are trying... <laughs> no ice in his whiskey. He's a straight-up baller. All right, so people are trying to find you. Uh, people want to get in touch with you. They want to reach out to you. They want to know more about you. Where can they find you? Uh, social media is, like, the um, Plug go-to. Time. Yeah. Plug time. Social media... Um, JC Vector LMT is my um, Instagram, and then obviously Janelle Vector on Facebook. I am in the works right now of a blog that is going to be kind of like integrating everything that I do, okay. um, whether it's uh, you know the travel or like I obviously I have the the artsy side of me, so whether it's drawing or writing, um, I'll be including that on it, um, and then any. Uh, events that I'll be doing, I'll be eventually putting it all together. Cool. Now, this is like in the midst of all the time that I have on my hands yeah, that right. I'm putting this vlog together. Right, right, so, right. Um, right after you're done here, you got to go work on a client. So, yeah, you're just yeah, gobs yeah, of time. I know. I'm, I'm all over the place right now. All right. So, yeah. we will have all those links and stuff in the show notes. Um, check Janelle out. If you don't know who she is, you should. Um, besides getting to live vicariously, vicariously through her in her travels... She also does a bunch of cool stuff on top of that um, in terms of lifting, training, competing, and getting to meet cool people. So check her out. Janelle, thank you very much for being on. I had a good time. Hopefully you did too. And that is it for today. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to Strength Agenda Radio. Be sure to visit strengthagendaradio.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover exclusive offers and resources for our listeners. Until next time, train hard, lift heavy.